This is a new voice for a new Scotland. Morning folks, so we'll start with Monday, the 2nd of the 11th, 2020, and we'll get motoring through this, okay? Alright, Monday started, on a sushi about cash, we ain't going into a full lockdown on Thursday this week. The announcement of the extension of the furlough, there'll be a further announcement that would be good through the week, okay? Now, there's no clarity at this point in time and whether furlough cash would be extended to Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland if they needed to get into a lockdown at a later point. Ian Blackford was treated with contempt when he raised the issue in the Commons. Douglas Ross then raised the same question and got a respectful answer and was told, yes, furlough would apply if Scotland needed to get into a lockdown. Now, there's a lot of politics being played on Monday with public health and livelihoods here in Scotland. And it gets worse as the week goes on. Remember, the furlough system ended on the 31st of October. So the announcement on Sunday that was going to be extended had already seen a wiener people play daft through September and October. Just to be told at the beginning of November, oh no, we can extend the furlough now to South East England either. The peoples in the north of England Scotland and Northern Ireland are not bloody impressed. Alright, Monday. Scotland's new five-tier COVID measures went live. The levels run from zero to four and Scotland's local, 32 local authority areas are uh, starting in levels between one and three. You can find out what level your local authority is on by going to the local authority website. Alright, Monday. Political opportunist Nigel Farage announced that he's applied to the Electoral Commission to rename the Brexit Party to Reform UK. Farage's new party will fight any lockdown measures that are in place. How they're going to do it, I don't know. They say he must be bored. As far as I know, they don't have any uh, elected officials, do they? The Brexit Party only stood in the European uh, elections. Unless some of the UKIP councillors have jumped ship. But anyway... Just following column spaces, so it was. Right, and Monday, the Aberdeen Dundee railway line reopened. The line had been closed for three months after a derailment south of Stonehaven with a loss of three lives. The conductor, the driver, and a passenger lost their life in that. Um, the nasty accident ran into a landslip, and it's taken three months to remove the debris and relay the track. Okay, so it's good news for the people of the northeast. Their connectivity with the rest of Scotland just reopened again. On Monday, Scottish ministers were rebuked by the Just Transition Commission, which advises the Scottish Government on its transition to clean energy. The group claimed that the failure to secure work and build wind turbine jackets at Bifab could hamper Scottish Government's targets to be carbon zero by 2024. Now, ministers for the Scottish Government said they couldn't intervene anymore because of state rules. Okay, now how that contract no being fulfilled here in Scotland is going to make a difference to net zero here in Scotland, I don't know. As far as I know, they're being made elsewhere and brought here. Obviously, that means that there's going to be carbon miles. But even if they were built in the five yards, there would still be a carbon output as their construction got underway. All right. State aid rules meant that the Scottish Government couldn't get any more involved in BIFAB. That and the fact that DF Barnes wasn't matching the Scottish Government's commitment. 
Okay, DF Barnes is the Bifab's parent company in Canada. Monday, it's announced that Liverpool would be a pilot, the pilot city for a new city-wide COVID testing regime. The idea is to test everyone in the city with follow-up tests every two weeks in an attempt to break chains of transmission. If the trials, which will use a new test, which gives a result in hours of success, the UK government wants to have it rolled out by Christmas. We'll see where that goes. Monday, Brussels Logistics, or the Russell Group, revealed plans to build a £200 million railhead at Ravenscraig. Now, if planning permission is granted, they intend to break soil 2021 and have the first phase done for 2023 and the whole site completed by 2026. There'll be jobs in the construction, of course, and then once the, once the place is up and running, it's hoping that it's hoping they're hoping there will be 200 full-time jobs on the site. So good news for Motherwell and surrounding areas. Could well be bad news for Coatbridge and Hillington, because I imagine that those places would be put up, up for sale to try and help finance us. All right. Hey, Monday. Another good news story, Scotland's video game industry continues to be a world leader with employment in the sector up 17% from November 2018 to April 2020. The number of companies in the sector also grew from 84 in 2018 to 96 in 2020. The sector apparently employed 1,537 people direct and 3,296 in the supply chain. So, Scotland's uh, technology uh, sector is booming, along with its uh, human sciences. So we're doing all right there. See how that goes after Brexit. Right, and then Monday, it's revealed that uh, there have been new restrictions in schools for pupils of S4 to S6 and local authority areas where the COVID level is 3 or 4. Pupils in S4 to S6 will have to wear face masks in classes. So the teachers, okay, because apparently uh, this disease affects older children more than it does younger ones. Right, moving on to Tuesday, okay. Tuesday started in the ongoing stussy over the devolved nation's furlough. Would they get it? Would they know it was still being played about me? You know, Bojo said Monday, aye, there'd be furlough. Come Tuesday, Robert Jenrick and Steve Bartley roll back on it. Robert Jenrick's the Housing Minister, Steve Bartley's the Chief Secretary of the Treasury. So, when the Chief Secretary of the Treasury wouldn't give a commitment to the devolved uh, administrations, then you can, there was a bit of jiggery-pokery going on there. Okay, so, Scotland's First Minister's no best chuff. She's waiting on Clyde. And Kate Forbes, Scotland's Finance Secretary's pulling her bloody hair out. She's no idea what sort of budget she's going to have for next year, and now she might be facing a situation where Scotland can't go into lockdown because they make furlough scheme available, endangering people's health and endangering people's livelihoods. Right, Tuesday, seen the start of the US election proper, where we can go to the point where the, the polling booths opened on Tuesday in the US elections, so the US elections becomes the big story. All right, it was a tight poll. And the results still no one. <laughs> right, Tuesday. Applications in Scotland for the new child benefit that's coming through the Scottish uh, benefit system goes live. Parents with children under six 
can start applying for the benefit. It's £10 a week. It's means tested, unfortunately, but the Scottish Government are hoping to roll it out to all under 16s um, by 2022. But at this point in time, that's all up in the air. Because as I was just saying, Kate Forbes has no budget. She's no idea what finances are coming to the Scottish Parliament, if any. Sunak's no set a budget. The devolved administrations are struggling to be able to set a budget. They don't know how much money they're going to have, all right? So although this is a good news story, that this benefit is getting rolled out to the under-60s, and will go live on the 21st of February next year, might not last long. Because Kate Forbes has no idea what sort of money that Parliament's going to have to spend, if any. Because remember, the internal market bill will kick in if it's signed into law on the 31st of December, and that will allow Westminster to circumnavigate the Scottish Parliament and fund directly into Scotland, making the Scottish Parliament nothing more than a bloody talking shop. And it might well be shut come April, because if it's no money, it can't operate. Right, Tuesday, Economy Secretary Fona Hislop tells the Holyrood Chamber that the Scottish Government can no longer support BIFAR. She states state-aid rules and a lack of a investment by parent company DF Barnes. Opposition parties question uh, Ms Hislop on the state-aid rules and trade unions want to see the legal advice she got. Alright, so there's a stushy underway there. As I say, I, don't, I suspect it's got nothing to do with state-aid. I suspect it's because the Scottish Government doesn't know if it was going to be able to issue state aid after the 31st of December. The internal market bill, once again, state aid comes back from um, the EU on the 31st of December, and Westminster's keeping it. So, I suspect that the reason why Fiona Hislop made that statement, and uh, there's something that went on a wee bit further than the week that I'll tell you about, which would back that theory up. Uh, but anyway, I, I uh, suspect that state aid is not going to be in the gift of the Scottish Parliament after the 31st of December. Tuesday, at a lunchtime briefing, the First Minister Nicola Sturgeon put her cards on the table about the thinking on whether to place Scotland in a full-blown lockdown while England's in lockdown and furloughs available. Right? Of course, on Tuesday, she didn't have any choice. Her choices were slim. That changed as the week progressed, of course, as we know about what happened yesterday, but we'll get to that in the Thursday section of the, of the show. Okay. Then Tuesday, down that road, England's Chief Medical Officer Chris Whitty appeared before the Science Committee. The committee questioned him on the social and economic disruption of England's current path to deal with COVID. He was questioned on the Great Barrington Declaration, which supports... Um, shielding vulnerable people and letting everybody get else, or everybody else go on with their life. Chris Whitty tells the science committee, nah, that's no good. Says, we would lose too many people. So the people that signed the Great Barrington uh, Declaration don't know what they're talking about. And the, the current course that England's on, where it's disruptive social and economic effects are the best way to deal with this pandemic. So, it would appear that some nutters down there are still bouncing about the idea of herd immunity. Now we've got a couple of scientific papers out saying the herd immunity doesn't work um, with this particular virus. Then it's a theory that's out the window. All right. 
also doing that road on Tuesday, mail drama from the test and trace system. The Department for Health and Social Care tells the Commons that 7,000 people were told to self-isolate on the Rang Gates. Now, the actual amount of people they tell the Commons was 7,230 people were affected. The Department of Health and Social Care confirmed and they said that they managed to contact almost all of them. They're right, you know, almost all, it's quite funny actually. Almost all of them, with the exception of 2,455, who had already ended their isolation. Now, the Department of Health and Social Care couldn't tell whether they ended their isolation early or late. Obviously, if they ended their isolation early, then there's a big problem there. Because they would be out in the streets, still actively contagious. If they ended it late, well, no biggie. You know, they might get a wee bash into their wallet, a wee bit further into debt, but at least they won't be out there recontaminating the community and being a danger to their workforce, their work colleagues, their friends and family. You couldn't make that stuff up in that road, could you? That's what happens when you take the job of public health out of the hands of public officials and drop it in the lap of people like Bloody Circle. This is what happens when you outsource this stuff. Public health suffers. Thousands of people die all because the Tories want to get a backhander to their mates in big business. Um, it's an utter disgrace. Also Tuesday down the road, Pretty Patel announces that the UK terrorist threat level has gone up. And this is today with attacks in Austria and France. So um, UK terrorist uh, threat level goes from substantial to severe. That only leaves one step up and that's imminent. Patel said, don't worry about it, we'll put more cops on the streets to make you feel alright, just be vigilant. Right, on Tuesday, the National published details of a draft, conf a draft conference motion that said the Scottish Government would not accept a Westminster veto on an independence referendum should the SNP win a majority in next year's holiday election. The motion states independence is the best way to protect the NHS and public services and it reiterates the commitment to get Trident off the claim. But the interesting bit about this motion which apparently is going forward is the bit where Holyrood won't accept a Westminster veto on Scottish democracy. So we'll see how that goes. I'm sure the motion will pass. Now also Tuesday, leading physician Professor Jackie Taylor says the Scottish NHS is facing a perfect storm. She states the NHS need more flexibility to stop other services to cope with COVID. I'm sure that's already built into their plans. Alright, but that becomes the centre of uh, some of the conversation that uh, First Ministers own Thursday. Moving on to Wednesday the 4th of the 11th, 2020. Right, Wednesday started on the Stussy over furlough and the American election. And the possibility of a COVID vaccine being rolled out next month, right? Clarity over furlough for devolved nations had still not been resolved on the Wednesday. Although it had been made clear that England was to get a furlough scheme, it hadn't been made clear whether Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland were there, and that was Wednesday. The Chancellor's under extreme pressure here. Huge amounts of pressure. 
And Donald Trump trying to, uh, Wednesday also started on Donald Trump trying to delegitimize uh, election results as it becomes clear Biden's in the lead. And it looks as if Biden might win. So, dirty tricks start on Wednesday by Trump. That gets worse as Thursday comes in. Wednesday morning, Scotland's First Minister gave aid to the Scottish Parliament's COVID committee. The committee wanted to know the thinking behind the five-tier lockdown system and the evidence to go behind it. The First Minister eh, was there with her Chief Medical Officer, Gregor Smith, and they explained to the committee what the thinking behind the lockdown levels were. What's the point? What's the point of having the committee after you've already voted to do it? And the Parliament? Surely the committee should have been questioning it before it went for a bloody vote. It had been passed in the Parliament the day before. Nuts! Wasted a First Minister's time. Wednesday, in Holyrood, MSPs vote for the immediate uh, judge-led inquiry into deaths in care homes from COVID. The Tories are insisting on it, and Labour back them up. This, as I say, at the time, will be a waste of bloody time. And a waste of public money. For a start, we're not through the bloody pandemic yet. We're just starting the second wave. But more importantly, Public Health Scotland and the National Care Association in England have both now put out reports that say COVID got into care homes via asymptomatic staff. Public Health Scotland's uh, report says that uh, there are no, there's no statistical evidence to prove that moving some patients from hospitals into care homes was the major cause of COVID getting into care homes. A waste of bloody time and a waste of bloody money. Uh, the National Care Association of England found the same bloody thing. Right? This sort of thing is going to backfire on the Tories and on Labour. This is bloody hearse and ambulance chasing politics. They're stoning in that bloody parliament accusing the SNP government of killing people in care homes when they already know that's not a bloody case. Anyway, to recap, right, quick recap. Remember, I've got bags full of this stuff. March 12, 2020, opposition, opposition party leaders stood in the Scottish Parliament and demanded that hospital wards were cleared of bed walking to make room for COVID patients, right? So, on the 12th of March, car crash, bouncy boy, Patrick Harvey, and we, Wally Who, all stood in that parliament demanding the Scottish party and government cleared bed blocking, cleared the decks. And the other thing in these bloody party short memories is, 12th of March 2020, there was no testing capability, and for that reason, Boris Johnson has stopped testing Trace UK-wide. No testing capability. Testing capability had to be built up. The labs were there. The chemicals were there for the testing. But once again, the Tories were outsourcing. Instead of using the 212 NHS labs, which could have done this work, they set up the Lighthouse labs. And once again, our money bypasses our public services and via the Tories straight into big businesses' bloody pockets. But the point is, this hearse chasing in the Scottish Parliament is bloody well hypocritical. The people of Scotland are no bloody goldfishes. We have long memories. I don't need 
the pads that I've got stacked up for every day of this pandemic to be able to remember what went on in bloody March. I'm not a bloody goldfish. I'm 53 year old. I can, I can remember what happened when I was four or five. Never mind what happened three bloody months ago. And I know that all you people out there are the same. So the Tories and Labour will suffer at the ballot box for this one. Because political point scoring on the back of people that are grieving is one of the most disgusting things I've seen in my 53 years on this earth. Alright, Wednesday. MSPs unite to demand the release of Alex Salmon's legal case advice to the Scottish Government. This is when Alex Salmon took a the Scottish Government to the Supreme Court over its flawed human resources harassment procedures. They were put in place, it seems, in order to get Alex Salmon. Right? Now, of course, the vote wasn't legally binding on the Scottish Government, and the Scottish Government isn't going to release that evidence. Of course, there's a principle in law here as well. Lawyer-client confidentiality is very important in our legal system. Very important. The Scottish Government's not going to give them what they want anyway. Make it that as you will. Wednesday, First Minister Nicola Sturgeon told the public in a lunchtime briefing that if people didn't a voluntary stay in the local areas, she would put it into legislation. Right? At the moment, people are okay only to travel locally, depending on what level your local authority is in. Alright? But, you know, it's beginning to look like full doing lockdowns coming anyway. And we've had restrictions on travel on as before, but we'll get a little bit more of that. Alright. Right, doing that road until uh, Wednesday, Prime Minister's question was their own. So Keir Starmer went on the US election and the Internal Market Bill. If Biden wins the election, um, the Internal Market Bill, which will break international law and the Good Friday Agreement, We'll see Westminster left out any trade negotiations and in the cold with America. Biden's already stated that if he wins, the UK government carries on with its internal market bill the way it is, and it breaks international law, and it breaks Good Friday treatment, then it's no deal from America. Alright. Ian Blackford went on the furlough carry on again. He got nothing. He got waffled at. Right? Bojo just said the furlough is a UK-wide scheme. That left things open. We went more clarity to that on Thursday as Sunak tries to use it as political point scoring here in Scotland. Right? Bojo also tells Starmer, in answer to his question, that the UK-US relations were strong and would remain so no matter who was in the White House. So they're deluded doing that bloody road as well. To say, Biden's already said that the Amer America has a special relationship with a small English-speaking European nation. But it's no England. It's Ireland. And as Biden's half Irish stock, if they break that Good Friday Agreement, there'll not just be no trade deal. America will take sanctions out against the UK. Wednesday. MPs in Westminster vote to put England into lockdown for four weeks. Initially, anyway. 34 Tory MPs availed uh, against the motion. The UK government won the vote by 516 to 39. 
Alright? So England went into lockdown on Thursday. But we'll get there. Wednesday, NHS England went into a high alert level. Where the hospitals could soon be overwhelmed. NHS England hope the lockdown in England will help because NHS England is starting to get capacity. Um, at the moment, it's a treating 10,000 COVID victims, and it's estimated that could get as high as 20,000 in a couple of weeks' time. Alright, so the NHS in England is in trouble. Also Wednesday, the EU-UK trade talks were back on the news. With Sir David Frost, the UK chief negotiator, stating there are still wide divergences, though progress had been made. Michel Barnier said there were wide divergences over fisheries and competition rules. Talks go on, they're being extended into the next month as well. Right, the US election was a major feature on Wednesday. Biden's in front, so the big yellow baby had threw his dummy at the pram. He's threatened legal action against states, and he's even tried to stop the count in some states. Claiming that some of the postal votes were illegal. Nobody's taking them serious. Nobody. We'll get a wee bit more of that on Thursday and all, which is coming right up just now. Okay, moving on to Thursday. Now, there was a lot of news yesterday. I had to tell this, didn't to try and make it fit the programme. Right, Thursday started on the mainstream media, trying to start uh, stir up the people against the Scottish Government, this time on travel restrictions and COVID hotspots. One newspaper even went so far as to claim that the state had overreached its mark on this. Right? They were claiming, the Herald, I think it was, was claiming that the state was too much an anti-state on this one and should roll back. So aye, we should roll back and just let people die. Idiots. Now there's nice douchey, like the papers were trying to stir up. Oh, travel restrictions. We've had travel restrictions all the way through the pandemic. And lockdown we were restricted to between 5 and 7 miles for work, recreation, shopping and medical treatment. And if you remember right, when there was the outbreak in Dumfries and Galloway, the First Minister asked them to stay in a 5 mile radius of their homes as well. We've also had air bridges come and go. We've got countries that the people are not allowed to fly to. Travel restrictions are no an issue. The papers the mainstream media were actually trying to make it an issue. With the Daily Record claiming there was a backlash, when there wasn't a backlash. None. None whatsoever. Right. The other talking point, of course, in the Thursday morning was the US election. Counting was well underway, and it looks like Biden, Biden's going to win. Right. Trump's doing his dinger, as you all know. I mean, when we get to Thursday evening, Trump's behaviour was absolutely comical. Comical, right? Right, Thursday England goes into lockdown. Bars, restaurants, non-essential shops and industries close. Schools, colleges, universities and nurseries to stay open. The measures will stay in place for four weeks and are scheduled to end on the 2nd of December. I've got a funny feeling if the Brexit negotiations are not going well, and we Rishi Sunak, having just extended the furlough period to March, I've got a funny feeling that England will be in lockdown until Brexit, until over the bloody Brexit cliff. 
Alright? Thursday, the National Audit Office releases a report on the UK's preparedness for border checks that come into place in January 2021. It was a pretty damning report in which it stated ports, infrastructure, customs and checkpoints were not ready. Business and UK traders were not ready. Customs and excise is not ready and neither is HMRC. Both HMRC and customs and excise have uh, technology problems. The systems are not up and running. They're not being tested. Absolutely nuts. Right. The National Audit Office then goes on to batter the government out of Northern Ireland, which will need to implement EU custom checks. And it's not ready either. And the, the reason why it's not ready is the EU negotiations and the internal market bill. Northern Ireland does not know what rules it's going to have to play by. All right. The Department for Agriculture, Environment and Rural Affairs, who have been uh, tasked with getting NI ready, doesn't know which rules it's going to be following. So it states it can't complete the task of preparing Northern Ireland. You get that? We're two months out. There's no port infrastructure ready. There's no customs ready. There's no um, preparedness in HMRC for tariffs and taxes. Northern Ireland's not ready. This is getting usual Tory. Uh, <laughs> this is definitely. This is getting Bojo the Clown and his Muppets stamped over it. You know, this is a bloody disaster. You know, this is the 6th of November. We're about 50 days out for getting out of the cliff edge and 70 mile tailbacks at the ports in the south of England. And these Muppets are not ready. Not ready at all. So expect chaos, absolute chaos. All right, shouldn't they laugh? This is going to lead to things like food shortages and medicine shortages. But this, <laughs> ah, this is just, this is just what Westminster is. It's bloody incompetent. And outsourcing things away from the civil service who understand these things. Disney bloody hell. I wonder if HMRC and Customs and Excise, whose new computer systems don't talk to each other, by the way. I wonder if they got their new computer technology, eh, after Dominic Cummins' pal, the one that made a pure mess of producing a test and trace act, eh, uh, a COVID app doing that road. Mental. Right, this is another stupid thing here that I'm just about going to write. Thursday, Scottish ministers put Presswick Airport back on the market. The Scottish government thought they had secured the buyer, but it fell through with a buyer pulling out, citing the pandemic and its effects on, on the aviation sector for it pulling out. Right, so the preferred bidder, who'd already been identified, pulls out because the aviation industry's on its bauke, no much up there in the sky, folks. And the Scottish government decided to put Presswick back in the market. Who's going to buy a bloody airport? airport? Me. The new. Ah. This is absolutely nuts. No. I don't know what Michael Matheson's thinking about. Nobody's going to buy an airport right now. The aviation industry is on its knees. 
right now. An aeroplane is a rare sight in the bloody sky, right now. Right now, airports are nothing more than bloody plane parks. Somewhere to park your plane up. I think Michael Matheson's flipped his bloody lid. Right. Thursday, Rishi Sunak, the UK Chancellor, addresses the Commons to say the furlough scheme would be extended to next March. Labour Shadow Chancellor, Annalise Dodds, told the Chancellor, due to his messing about and leaving this to the last minute, or after the last furlough scheme had ended, hundreds of thousands of people had already lost their bloody jobs unnecessarily. But I'm sure Sunak's well aware of that. In fact, I'm sure he timed it perfectly. Because he did say he couldn't save all jobs and he couldn't save non-viable companies. Well, between, say, September uh, to the end of October, companies have been laying staff off at a rapid rate of knots, and a lot of companies have also shut themselves down, as they didn't see it being viable because of the pandemic and Brexit. So, Sunak was well, well aware of what he was doing. Well aware. You know, but anyway, the Labour Chancellor accuses him of a, having letting these people down. He doesn't care, he's a Tory. He doesn't care about the plebs. But the move, as I say, could hold off civil unrest in that road. Because with a pandemic and the Brexit cliff edge only 50 days away, I don't think they're coming out of your lockdown down there. As I've said this before, when things get tough down there and people take to the streets, civil unrest is a different thing down there for you up here. Down there, they're mad enough to set their own bloody house on fire. They riot. Up here will protest, but we won't set their own bloody house on fire. So, the furlough scheme and lockdown, I think, will be extended until we're out of the Brexit cliff edge. We'll wait and see. Now, back in Scotland yesterday, Thursday, First Minister's questions got underway. Baroness Ruthie Tank, commander, went on winter staffing for the NHS. Ruthie wanted to know where the FM was going to find the extra staff. Now it's been uh, decided not to bring student nurses onto the wards for the second COVID wave. The First Minister told Ruthie she'd access to the GMC emergency register and there was a pool of uh, returners to the NHS as well. And there's also a winter workforce plan which will be published by Gene Freeman later this week, apparently. Well, that's only the day, so it'll be early next week. Uh, next up was Bouncy Boy, Richard Hu. I'll get back to Ruth, by the way, at the end of this week, but because there was something not right with me, Ruthie, yesterday. I'm sure you all spotted it as well. Next up was Bouncy Boy, Richard Leonard. He went on the same, and he quoted the warning of uh, Professor Taylor warning that NHS Scotland faced a perfect storm. The First Minister assured Richard capacity was there in the NHS and that the staffing would be available. She told him there are 700 intensive care beds available if necessary and there's an extra 3,000 capacity in the NHS if necessary. Bouncy boy Richard went on frontline workers, mental health. The FN told her Told them there's already a mental health program in place to help stressed out frontline workers during the pandemic. And finally, Bouncy Boy went on NH staff's wages, claiming they weren't being paid well enough. The First Minister had to tell them what they're the best paid in the UK already, and the next round of talks for their pay 
is underway. She started to get a wee bit cranky with Bouncy Boy. So she, you know, I slapped him and sent him in the noise there. He was the only one. The Greens went on testing for hospital staff. Alison, can't remember saying name, is it? Alison, he asked, when weekly testing will begin for NHS frontline workers? The First Minister told her it was underway and as testing capacity builds, more and more groups will get weekly tests. The Greens then went on to follow, asking the First Minister on getting employers who let people go to take them back on again and put them on to the furlough scheme. Right. The First Minister said they, she regrets the fact that he, people had lost their jobs, but these were commercial decisions. Um, but she would speak to business and see what she could do. That's more or less a summary of what she said. Right. Anyway, we were here any. He went on testing, asking where the, where the Scottish innovation was. The First Minister informed him in Scotland that they had a couple of different new tests under trial, and you don't just roll these things out. No, we were always going on about the um, testing in Europe and things like that, and there was a wee bit of back and forth about the types of tests that were available. And the Wally wasn't chuffed, but we were always never chuffed. Right? Wally then went on teachers and COVID in schools. Wally quoted some figures about the amount of people who tested positive, school kids and staff um, in consecutive weeks. And he then asked, he asked the First Minister about why it is teachers that were previously shielding have to get into the classroom. The First Minister made it clear that that's a decision for the local authority as their employer, but she would hope that the local authorities would have things in place to ensure the health and safety of teachers who were previously shielded. And if they could, they should work from home. But as we're known, a blended learning situation here, it's a very difficult thing for the local authorities. All right. Right, apart from Richard Leonard to go a wee slapping, First Minister's questions was another tame affair. Baroness Toothy A. Ruthie Tank Commander seems to have given up. She only asked one question, and she looked like she knew something that meant she may believe her time in the Holyrood Chamber was a waste of time. Her body language was all right. We Ruthie Tank Commander didn't look as if she was in the right place at all yesterday. Right? She looked as if she was about to perpetrate a crime, or she'd just perpetrated the crime against that Parliament or the Scottish people. We find out a wee bit later what that could be in the day. But as I say, we Ruthie Tank Commander, she, her heart's no in this. There's something no bloody right there with we Ruthie. No gusto, no getting into the First Minister, no trying to raise points. I mean, Ruthie yesterday was as tame as it ever been. Made Jackson Carroll look excited, exciting. And that's saying something. She made we Ruthie, she made Bouncy Boy Leonard look clever. And that's really saying something. You know, we Ruthie looked as if hurt or a party were about to perpetrate a crime against the people of Scotland. And, hey presto, moving on, Thursday, Scottish Secretary of State, Alistair Union Jack, tells the BBC that Westminster was begging down in Scotland. And no matter how many mandates the Scottish people give Holyrood, Westminster would not allow the people of Scotland another referendum for 25 to 40 years. He states, we will see a more muscular unionism in Scotland. Get up. Right. Pete Wishart said the Scottish Secretary 
and Westminster would be taking on democracy, and democracy will win. So there you go, you, there you go, folks, you have it. Westminster intend to put their boot on our throats, and we will be forced to get into our box till they tell us when we can get out our bloody box. Now, Westminster have got a violent tradition when it comes to dealing with wayward colonies, and it can't afford to lose Scotland. It's skint, it's bankrupt, it's broke. We have all the resources, right? So that might well explain we Ruthie tank commander and her wee look of shame in that parliament at First Ministers yesterday. Because it would appear that the Conservative Party are going to take on democracy. They are going to deny international rule of law. But we know that with internal market bill. And it would appear that the human rights of Scots are out the windy. The right to self-determination is an inalienable human right. Westminster signed up to that in the UN. But it would appear, along with the rest of the Human Rights Act, that will get thrown out the window. We are being told there will be no referendum under any circumstances for 25 to 40 years. And guess what? Guess how long our North Sea resources are expected to last if the latest records are said to be true? 25 to 40 years. Westminster is bust. Two trillion odd in debt. None of it's Scotland's. It has no, no assets. It has no resources, and it sells very little to the world except banking services. And they're fleeing like hell. I've said this many times. Westminster relies on Scotland for oil, gas, electricity, water, food, and human resources. The place is a bloody backwater. If it wasn't for the people of Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland keeping it afloat, they'd already have drawn with its absolutely atrocious form of government and leadership. All right. And finally for Thursday, Donald Trump gave a press briefing, a press briefing last night that claimed the American election had been rigged, that he had won on the legal votes, but Biden would win on the illegal vote. Now this has to do with postal voting in America. All right, Trump and the, de the Republicans discouraged their voters from using postal votes and they encouraged them to go to the poll and vote manually, whereas the Democrats encouraged folk to vote early via the postal voting system. Now that the counts come to a head, as they're counting postal votes, they're all coming down in the Democrats' time. Right? So Trump wants, he wants Kuntz halted. And he wants to challenge um, some of the results in court. So far he's been getting laughed at. In fact, when he made that statement last night, three of America's major news broadcasting companies turned their cameras away from him, turned them off. I think the Americans are starting to get embarrassed by Trump's behaviour. Yeah, you what, the rest of them, the rest of them are all laughing at America. You know, you're really laughing at America. Right. So moving on to this morning, as you know, Fridays are covering the review of the weekend. So it's just a paper review this morning. Okay. So moving on to this morning, Friday the 6th of November, and what the papers have to say. The Herald goes on, Sunak forced to extend furlough to the end of March. 
doesn't say why, how he was forced, but it says he was forced. There you go. The Express goes on, Rushi, we're digging deep for, for the future. No, there's no digging deep for the future. They're printing money and accumulating debt, which is mortgaging us, the people, up to our hills. Our children, our grandchildren, and their grandchildren, and their great-grandchildren will bloody well still be paying for us. Right. The eye was on President in, Meth, uh, in Meltdown. That's the day car crash a uh, uh, press briefing last night. The Metro goes on. Biden has time. Biden says stay patient with one. Trump says it's not over and he'll sue. Who's he going to sue? Is he going to sue the American voters for voting him out? Mental case. Right, the times goes on. Trump strokes fresh fury as Biden he calls for calm. You can see what's going on here. Trump's a bad loser. The telegraph goes on. Stroke the count. Trump tries to block Biden's path to victory. This is the sort of stunts he's pulling. He's trying to get the coup stoked in some of these states. Especially when he's in front. <laughs> right, the sun goes on. Lockdown took our son. The story of a 16-year-old boy who took his own life during the last lockdown. Apparently the stress and isolation drove him over the edge. Very sad story. The record goes on. The full Monty. That's getting, that's getting funny on the start of the record. Anyway, this is the story of a care home boss who had a party, a wild boozy party in breach of COVID and flight of COVID rules. And apparently while doing that, <laughs> he performed a slip tease. Somebody put a footage out there on the internet, so it's been investigated by the police. Right, the National was on. Tories face rap for mocking FM's advisor. That has to do with the stooshie of an own way, um, Debbie Schroeder, and I think it was a Mundell, or was it Muddle the Fud? One eight two anyway. And the Ross effect, Tories dropped to third behind Labour for next year's election. So apparently the Tories have dropped a point, Labour's gained a point. Labour's got a bigger share in the, the regional list than the Tories, so it looks like Ross has been such a successful leader. Ross has been such a successful leader that hey, the Tories have already started dropping in the polls. Right, the mail goes on. White House shootout as Trump gets dirty and burglary of BBC Diana scandal files. I have no idea what that's about. Um, obviously, the Trump bit's about the fact that Trump's starting to try and use dirty tricks to negate the, the election result. The star goes on, grumpy Trump set to lose bigly. Right? Now, the, the picture on the front of the star this morning is a picture of a Sesame Street cute Dracula. Right? And he, he's reading 100 million and one, 100 million and two, and of course he's mocking, he's mocking the Trump trying to get the count stole. Right, so that's the review of the week, folks. I hope you found it informative. I hope you found it entertaining. And I really hope you enjoyed it. All right.
So, now the usual stuff, you guys look after yourselves, right? And it doesn't matter if you think this virus is real or no. A wee bit of courtesy to your neighbours in your community, right? Just follow facts. It's no big that you stick a mask on when you get to the corner shop and get your paper. Name. Right, so, face coverings and enclosed public spaces. Avoid large gatherings. Clean hands and surfaces regularly. Two metre social distancing. And if you need one, book a test. Alright, now, have a lovely weekend. Look after each other. And I look forward to speaking to you all on Monday. Have a nice day. Have a nice day! This is a new voice for a new Scotland. And then I got radio.